This will be lots of fun today. Okay, can I have a high five? You got your school shoes too? Yeah. Look at that. How old are you, Maverick? Four and a half. I'm Carter. What's your name? Levi. Hey guys, do you want to help me teach people about heaven today? Yes. Yeah? Hey Megan. What? Uh, can you tell me what angels look like? Angels, angels have white on their costumes and wings that are white, just like the costumes. If you met an angel, what, kind of, what question would you ask them? What's your name? Do the angels have names? Yeah. Let's name some. I would name one Bob. I am Bob the angel. I've probably been in heaven for about 3,672 years. Wow. So pretend I'm a little kid. Okay. And you're trying to explain heaven to me. How would you explain it? I'm gonna listen. Heaven has gold streets and a tree of life and God's throne. He looks like a shiny figure and this throne's really big. What's heaven gonna be like? I don't know yet. We've never been there. What do you think it'll be like? The streets are made out of gold. And it's really bright. Angels. Dresses. Dresses are in the boat. Oh, they're in a boat. Okay. What color boat is it? Baby red, bears. There's dogs in heaven, but there's probably not cats. There's lots of buildings. Really tall ones? Yeah. Like really, really tall? Yeah. There's gold everywhere. I think it has sand in the beach. Do you think there are sharks in heaven? No. Starfish? No, I hate starfish. <laughs> the trees should be green. Or the trees could be gold. There's no death, pain, sickness, or any of that bad stuff. Probably with ballerinas and statues of angels. What about the Statue of Liberty? Would it be there? Mm, yes. What else do you see? Basketball hoop. Basketball hoop? Yeah. Wow. That's good. Is there anybody that you want to meet in heaven, like Bible characters? Oh yeah, that'd be really cool. Like who? Like, I would like to meet Abraham. He's an old guy with a beard. And white hair. Hi, I'm Abraham. Do you have any questions for me? What was it like when God said, what, what were your emotions when God said, you're gonna, uh, Sarah's gonna have a baby? I was excited. And then I was worried how much diapers would cost. <laughs> I also want to meet Noah. Okay, what would you ask, what question would you ask Noah? How big was the ark? Uh, 1,000 feet. Did, like, how crazy did people think you were when you built the ark? Really crazy. <coughs> Bless you. How did you feed the animals? Um, I don't know, I brought food. Um, I would meet um, 
Oh yeah, Jonah. Jonah? What what questions would you ask Jonah? What did it feel like to be in a whale? Um, it felt disgusting and weird and kind of slimy. And the tongue felt weird. It smelled like it smelled like dead fish. You should ask Jesus into your heart if you want to go there because it's a really good place. If you want to do that, you have to ask Jesus. You have to pray to him and say something like, could you please come into my heart? Could you please come into my heart? Because I really want you to be my savior. Maybe something like that. You could do something longer. That's a short one. Yes, oh, I absolutely love that. That was like an illustrated sermon right there. And I love it that there'll be no sharks in heaven, a little disappointed on the starfish, uh, happy about the dogs, and no love loss on the cats. Anyways, uh, Statue of Liberty's gonna be there. Come on, celebrate with me. And uh, uh, it's interesting, in this series, our, our kids' ministry will be covering uh, similar topic. They're going to be covering Edge of Heaven, and although the sermons won't be exactly the same, they'll be uh, age-appropriate, uh, the kids are going to be going along. So I think this is going to be a great opportunity uh, if you have kids in our children's ministry to have dinnertime discipleship, to be able to talk about what's going on in their lesson, and then also to have some amazing uh, bedtime prayer. I mean, how many know that when they're in this series, they're going to be praying so many different things and asking so many questions. So if you have children, you better pay attention to this message. That's all I'm saying, because they will try to stump you. If not, get a hold of one of our amazing uh, kids pastors. And at each of our campuses, we have such dedicated staff that work with our children. We love them so much and value our kids. And just, can we just show our appreciation to our kids ministry workers and all the people that work and volunteer and pastor? Thank you for helping us with that. Now, in this series, we're going to try to answer the questions that people have about heaven, end times, eternity. Uh, this will not be exhaustive. I mean, we could go on and on and on and on about this uh, for weeks and weeks and months, really. Uh, I want to let you know there's a couple of resources uh, that are out there. Randy Elkhorn wrote a really good book about heaven and a good book uh, for children to talk about heaven. Uh, Billy Graham has a brand new book coming out uh, called Heaven, Eternity, and Our Life Beyond. We didn't plan this to launch this series right when he was getting ready to launch that book, but it's coming out any day now, and you can pre-order that to find out more about heaven. And uh, there's been a lot. How many realize there's been a lot of books about heaven lately? You had uh, Heaven is for Real, which became a movie um, with Colton Burpo. Uh, you had Proof of Heaven with Eben Alexander. I was reading that on an airplane, and uh, a guy next to me taps me. He goes, what do you think of the book? And I started talking to him, and I said, you seem really interested. He goes, I went to med school with him. I went to med school with the guy, and I know him, and it's so weird to see this. And this was his words. He goes, he's kind of an arrogant jerk, and to see him writing that, you know, and he started talking about heaven. He's like, I'm not sure, and he goes, kind of makes me think. And so you got proof of heaven. You've got 90 minutes of heaven, which the movie just launched right during this series. Of course, that was a book, and um, USA Today and the whole world is starting to notice that people are talking about heaven. It's a hot item right now. Matter of fact, this is the quote from USA Today. Craig Wilson said, heaven is hot right now. It's even hotter than the other place. It's hot. And he just said, it is hot. It is the hot thing right now, and people are talking about it. So 
I think that there's something going on. I think that people have always been interested in heaven. They've always been interested in the end times. They've always been interested in what's, what's coming, what's ahead of us. Is this life all that there is? But it just feels like there's a surge. And I have to share one of those other things that uh, it just can't be a coincidence. It has to be something that I believe the Holy Spirit is directing. Right now, if you look at our church, uh, our new CD that we're actually recording with on, on the 18th of September, it's called Edge of Heaven. And so they were praying about that for a while. The new CD will be called Edge of Heaven. Um, Elevation Church, another great church in our country, um, they are getting ready to release a CD called Here as in Heaven. And then Hillsong Church, uh, who has amazing worship, their newest CD coming out is called Open Heaven. And uh, it just kind of seemed like here are all these groups that are writing songs, and it's something that God wants to get our attention on uh, to talk about heaven. And I know I'm biased, but I kind of like Edge of Heaven best. I'm just kind of being biased, but... (laughs) But we have questions, heaven, eternity, rapture. Is heaven gonna be fun? Is it gonna be boring? How do you get there? What will you look like? Will I recognize my loved ones? People will ask me all sorts of questions. Will I know them? Will I know my wife or will she be a total stranger? Will my dog be there? Will this happen? And there's all sorts of questions and we will try to do the best that we can to answer as many as we can. But I will uh, say this as we start the series, the question people ask is, is heaven real? Is it real? Is it, is it something imaginary, heaven and hell, just to control people and to control people's behavior, to give them a reward or a punishment? Is it just something like that, or is heaven real? And I really can't imagine a faith that doesn't believe heaven is real. I want to tell you, I believe heaven is real. I read in the Word of God that heaven is real. And I know there's a lot of different theological views of what is heaven, where is heaven, and what does it look like. But I just want to say this right now as we begin this. Heaven is for real. It's real. We really believe that. Matter of fact, Lifeway Research did a a study of Americans, and they found that most Americans believe in heaven. Most Americans believe in hell. Slightly lower number believe in hell. So they've got heaven and hell, and here's what, where it gets a little loose. Most Americans believe that almost everyone's going to heaven, and there's a lot of different ways to get there, which we would not believe, but they believe almost everyone's going there, and only a few really, really bad people go to hell, and that it's hard to get there. Okay, so there is some loose theology about it, but most Americans believe that there is heaven. And we are going to look at the Bible. We're not going to look at near-death experience uh, people, and although those books I referenced and the movies, those are interesting to make us think about it. We're going to build our life. We're going to base our life on what the Word of God has to say, all right? So let's start with somebody that came from heaven, that was sent from heaven. The Bible tells us that Jesus came from heaven to this earth, and then he ascended back into heaven. So here's somebody that was in heaven that came to earth, and here's what he had to say about it. In John 14, he said, don't let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you may also be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. He said, there's a place. He said, I'm going there. My father's there. He said, there's many rooms. I'm going to prepare the place for you. It's a place for those that follow me that are followers of Jesus. They go to heaven. One of his disciples, Peter, said this, again, using the word of God about heaven. In 2 Peter 3.13, he says, but in keeping with his promise, that's speaking of God, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth where righteousness dwells. He said, guys, we're looking forward to it. 
It's okay to look forward to heaven. Revelation 21 and 22, when we get to the end of the Bible, it's describing heaven, it's describing eternity with God, and it's giving us something to look forward to. Isaiah the prophet, he said this, he says a lot about heaven. He says an awful lot about heaven. And in Isaiah 48, verse 13, he says this about God. He's prophetically speaking this. He said, my own hand laid the foundations of the earth and my right hand spread out the heavens. When I summon them, they all stand up together. He's saying, God created heaven. God created heaven. Solomon believed in heaven. David believed in heaven. Peter, Paul, John, uh, the first uh, martyr, Stephen, he believed in heaven and got a glimpse into heaven. The Bible ends with heaven. In the NIV translation, I just did this search. Heaven is mentioned 622 times. 620, and, they, and there's more if you put in there where it says you'll be with Jesus, but it doesn't mention heaven. It mentions spending time with Jesus, spending time with God. It's talking about heaven. It's all over. Jesus mentions heaven. He's talking about it all the time. And, and, and he's saying heaven is for real. And we may have different ideas about heaven. We may have different theological views. And we may say, well, that might be exactly literal. And that might be figurative. And that might be for sure. And that I'm not sure as we look through the Bible and we try to make sense of all of it. But I'm telling you this over and over and over again. God is saying heaven is for real. Heaven is a final place for those that call on the name of the Lord. That's where we're going to be. We're going to be with God. And so if it's all over the Bible and it's something Jesus talked about at 622 times in the NIV Bible, let me ask you this. When was the last time you thought about heaven? When was the last time you thought about it? When was the last time you really thought, I ought to think about heaven? I ought to ask God to just reveal a little more to me about heaven. I ought to think about what am I giving toward heaven and laying up treasures in heaven. I ought to think about the way I'm living in light of heaven. I ought to think about bringing people with me to heaven. When was the last time you thought about heaven? I don't think we think about heaven enough. I think you're like, well, when was the last time you preached on heaven? Because that's probably when I did, you know. It's like that comedian, they said, when was the last time you flossed? And he said, you should know you did it, you know, so the, to the dental hygienist, but don't do that. But anyway, we don't think about heaven enough. I, I can remember this, and I remember when I was a kid, I, I couldn't figure out why we always picked up this guy. I thought it was a nice, benevolent act. We picked up a, a, a man from like a, a group home for people that had disabilities, and he would get in the car with us on Sunday mornings, and his name was Gene, and we'd go to church, and We'd get in the car, and no sooner had we picked up Gene, and uh, he'd be in the car, and he'd go, hey, hey, we're going to heaven, aren't we? And we'd be like, yes, Gene, we are. Every week, every week. Yes, we are. And he goes, Jesus is in heaven, isn't he? And we're like, yes, he is. Heaven's going to be great. And then he'd go, ooh, hallelujah. And he'd say that. And then, and then during the sermon, and please don't do this, he'd raise his hand, and it was a much smaller church than I went to, and he'd raise his hand, and after, he'd, he'd be like that, and the pastor would go, yes, Gene. He'd go, we're going to heaven. And the pastor would go, yes, we are. And he goes, Jesus is going to be there. He's like, yes, he is. And then he'd go, ooh, hallelujah. You know, and the whole church would be like, oh, but I'm telling you, it just makes me think about it now. This guy was just heaven, 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 heaven. He knew enough that Jesus loved him. He knew enough that he had something going on that was going to be relieved in heaven. And he was looking forward to heaven. And he was thinking about it all the time. And I think we need to think about heaven more often. 
There's way too much in here. We need to be thinking about heaven, and I think it's the enemy's plan to get us to not think about heaven, to think about everything else, to think about this earth and all this and heaven on earth and all these things that are going on around us. And God's like, will you realize where you're going and what it's all about? This earth is not your final resting place. Eventually, someday on this earth, you will basically occupy six feet of dirt someday. But he's saying there's something more than what your body has to enjoy. There's something more for you, and it's heaven. There's a presence with God. There's a a time with him. I mean, if I told you that you were heading to Dubai, if I said, hey, you're going to Dubai, how many know that if I told you that, you would start prepping for the trip? You'd be like, well, what should I wear in Dubai? I mean, what are the laws? I heard there's modesty laws in Dubai. I don't want to break any modesty laws. You'd say, well, what do they eat in Dubai? What's the temperature like? And you'd probably Google average temperature in Dubai for the month that you were going. Some of you would say, you know, like, what are the top 10 things to do in Dubai? You know, can I do them all? You know, that's what I'm thinking. You'd read reviews. You'd probably be able to quote reviews about it. You'd be able to say, no, no, uh, uh, the travel group said this. Frommer said this, and you'd be able to quote things about the review about Dubai, and you've never been there. You'd anticipate Dubai. People would say, why are you buying that? Well, I'm going to Dubai. Why'd you do that? Well, we're going to Dubai. We're getting ready to go there. And you're talking about, you go to the airport, you need a ticket, I'm going to Dubai. That's where I'm going, Dubai. I'm not going to North Dakota, I'm going to Dubai. You know what I mean? You, right? Not that North Dakota is equivalent to any other place. All right, but... If you, if you would do that for Dubai, you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. If you know where you're going, why aren't you even looking it up? Why aren't we spending more time? Why wouldn't you spend more time saying, God, if, if this is what you said, if Jesus, if you left this earth and you said you're going to prepare a place, I want to know what that place is like. I want to know what the rules are to get there. I want to know what's going on right now in heaven. And we're going to talk about that in this series. I want to know what eternity is going to look like. I want to be able to answer the questions. Is it fun or boring? What are the top 10? I mean, I want to be able to answer these questions. And although we have fun filling it in, anything we say just can't compare to what really is going to be there. If I tried to explain Dubai, and I've been to Dubai, if I tried to explain it to you, I'd say, well, it's kind of a mix of Disney World and New York City and Las Vegas and Sydney, Australia. And you're like, okay. And I was like, except for there's no mouse, there's not rats, it's new, not old, it's cool, but not natural, and it's not as seedy. And I, I, I'd say, just take my word on it. I'd say, take my word on it. This is what it's, it, it, it's, you'll enjoy it. Take my word on it. I've been there. And Jesus is saying, take my word on it. I've been there. Take my word on it. It's real. Others give glimpses of it. They say it's like a garden. It's like a city. It's like a country. It's like paradise. It's like a bride adorned for her groom. Uh, John is trying to say what it's like. He's saying the beauty of a bride is like kind of what's going on here. It's an amazing view from what I can see. And he's trying to explain it to you and I. And we just are like, oh, heaven. Haven't thought about it. Don't talk about it. Don't ever get consumed about it. It's heaven. It's heaven. There's something about this that we should wake up and say, God, we want to understand more about heaven. We have a few glimpses from people. Again, I love the kids in the video. Like, we don't know heaven. We've never been there. You know, I love that. I haven't been there, you know. And, And we have a few glimpses. Stephen, the first martyr of the church that I referenced already in Acts chapter 7, he's talking, he's standing up for Jesus. He's standing up for his Lord and Savior. And they're so upset with him that they stone him to death. And as he's being stoned to death, he has a glimpse of heaven. And in Acts 7.56, he says, look, 
I see heaven open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. He's like, it's just, he's there. Jesus is there. And when Jesus left the earth, you're wondering, did he make it? Stephen's saying he made it. He's there. He's at the right hand of the Father. He's saying it's amazing. John was trying to describe it to us and give us pictures of it and trying to use things that I don't know if the streets will be literal gold. It looks like it, it is. But if it isn't, it's something that's amazing that the best uh, John could say was the streets are made of gold and there's a, a pearl gate that's one large pearl and it's amazing. And he's talking about it. It's interesting, as I was looking for people in the Bible that had been to heaven or had a glimpse of heaven, I realized this, one guy, Lazarus, was dead for four days and he doesn't come back and write a bestseller. Think about that. And then I was wondering, like, why in the world? And I thought, maybe it's because uh, we always think people that come back from heaven are kind of weird. How many are with me on that one, you know? And you're like, all right. Maybe you thought, I don't want to be the weird guy. But I thought this. Maybe he was saying, why do I want to talk about heaven when Jesus is here? Why do I want to talk about heaven when Jesus, I saw that, but Jesus is here, God with us. And I'm pretty excited about Jesus being right here. I'm telling you this, heaven is real. Heaven is greater than anything we could imagine. And 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 9 and 10, although it's not explicitly speaking of heaven, it says this. It says, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things that God has prepared for those who love him. It's saying, you can't even imagine all the blessings God wants to pour out on you. And you could put heaven in this category too, but it's not just explicitly speaking just about heaven, but it could be enough to say that he's saying, you guys don't even understand. What God has prepared for you is better than anything you could think about, anything you could imagine. It's, it's just, use your imagination. It's a good thing to use your imagination about heaven. But he's saying, you can't even fathom it. It's, it's amazing. It's beyond what you could even try to put your mind around. Our youngest son, Logan, sent me this as a text this week. He's off at college, and he, he sent me this as a text. It was like 7.30 in the morning, and you know he's either in trouble or God's doing something at 7.30 when you're in college. And he said this. He just said, hey, Dad, the word heaven, even the word makes me wonder. I feel my spirit leap inside of me as I say it. Heaven, sunsets greater than Beirut, Lebanon, breaths greater than an evergreen forest, more peaceful than ocean waves of Florida, more unique than the blue mountains of Australia, larger than the Grand Canyon, more wealth than Dubai, food better than the steak in Argentina, sand better than Costa Rica, lakes better than El Salvador and Guatemala, more tranquility than Cabo San Lucas, places of worship bigger than Russia and Rome. Walls higher than the Great Wall of China, hills more beautiful than, than Tuscany, more grand than New York City, rain more beautiful than Tallinn, Estonia. He said, history richer than England, beauty greater than Paris, language more beautiful than Spain, joy greater than any care point where we help an orphan, more thrilling than a hunt, detail more than, than the Jeta Grotto, more vast than the deepest oceans, a new type of music being played, and the presence of God stronger than we've ever felt before. And I was like, God is doing something in that young man's life right there. I was like, amen, yay verily. I mean, you know, but seriously, and he nails it on the last line. 
It's about the presence of God. Let me just tell you this. As we look in this series and we say, is it this or is it that? Is it there or here? Is it part of our universe or outside of it? We can't see it. Where is it coming from? Really, all those other details, we could look at this and look at that. But the biggest detail that we see about heaven is this. God is there. God is there. And that's the thing that ought to excite us about heaven the one that loves us so much that he sent his son to die for us, he's there. Yes. He's there wherever he is, is heaven. And Jesus is there, the one that was the savior for us, that died for our sins, he's there. And so it doesn't matter whatever you wanna to try to compare it to or think about or, or argue, is it this or that? The real issue is God is there. And if God's there, that's where I wanna go. I want to go to heaven. I want to be there. Now, I can tell you this, that there are a couple things you need to realize. And I want to, I want to read this passage of Scripture for us. And I want to talk real quick about present and future heaven. I want to talk to you about present and future heaven so that you understand right now what's going on. When people die, they are brought into what we would call a present heaven. They are brought into the Lord's presence. Okay, they are brought into the Lord's presence. Now, there's not purgatory. We don't believe in that but I could see where people could get confused about this. But when people die, they are brought into what would be like a present heaven, paradise. Jesus, when he died on the cross, he said to the thief that accepted him as Lord and Savior, he said, today you'll be with me in paradise. There's something that goes on that goes on when someone dies, they're moved into the presence of God. God, Jesus, the angels, Christians, they are there. We can't see it. We don't know exactly where it is but it exists. And there's that one famous uh, Russian cosmonaut, Yuri, I forget his last name, but he was the first one to go out in space. And he said, I looked everywhere. I looked everywhere and I didn't see God. And I love what that one preacher in America said. He said, you tell him to take his helmet off in outer space, he'll see God. <laughs> we don't know where it is, but we know that they're there. And there's a present heaven that is going on, but the Bible tells us that there's a future heaven. Future heaven. Now, I don't want to blow your mind, but there's a present heaven that is a place right now where God is. And it says, though, that there's a new heaven and a new earth that is coming. In Isaiah 65, 17, it says, See, I will create new heavens and a new earth. The former things will not be remembered, nor will they come to mind. There's a new heaven and a new earth. And I want to read what the Bible says about heaven as we close out the service. Revelation 21, I'll start with verse 1. It's speaking about this new heaven and this new earth. The Bible has gone through all the end time events, and we'll talk about those next week and the weeks to come, and we'll get through more about heaven. But it says when it all ends, this is how it's all ending. In Revelation 21, it says, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. The first heaven and the first earth had disappeared, and so had the sea. Then I saw New Jerusalem, that holy city, coming down from God in heaven. It was like a bride dressed in her wedding gown and ready to meet her husband. I heard a loud voice shout from the throne, God's home is now with his people. He will live with them and they will be his own. Yes, God will make his home among his people. He will wipe all tears from their eyes, and there'll be no more death, no more suffering, crying, or pain. The, the things of the past are gone forever. Then one sitting on the throne said, I'm making everything new. Write down what I've said. My words are true and be, can be trusted. 
everything is finished. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will freely give water from the life-giving fountain to everyone who is thirsty. All who win the victory will be given these blessings. I will be their God and they will be my people. And God's saying there's going to be a new heavens and a new heaven and a new earth. And where God is, he's going to descend upon a new earth and, and establish a city, a place that would be called heaven, a city on earth. Now, some of you are like, wait a minute. That's what the Bible says. Let me continue to read it in Revelation 21, verse 15. It says, the angel who spoke to me had a gold measuring stick to measure the city. This is a city of God and its gates and its walls. The city was shaped like a cube because it was just as high as it was wide. When the angel measured the city, it was about 1,500 miles high and 1,500 miles wide. That's Canada to Mexico, coast to coast, basically. Think about this. And as tall. And he says, then the angel measured the wall around it, and by our measurements, it was about 216 feet high. The wall was built of jasper, and the city was made of pure gold, clear as crystal. Each of the 12 foundations was a precious stone. The first was jasper, the second sapphire, and it goes on a list of them. And then in verse uh, 21, it says, each of the 12 gates was a solid pearl. The streets of the city were made of pure gold, clear as crystal. I did not see a temple there, just for a moment. I didn't see a temple. I didn't see a place that was needing to worship because God was there. He said, the Lord God all-powerful and the Lamb were its temple, and the city did not need the sun or the moon. The glory of God was shining on it. The Lamb was its light. Nations will walk by the light of that city, and kings will bring their riches there. Its gates are always open during the day, and night never comes. The glorious treasures of nations will be brought into the city, but nothing unworthy will be allowed to enter. No one who is dirty-minded, who tells lies, will be there. Only those who na whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life will be in this city. And it's saying all about God. It's saying God is establishing a city, a new heaven, a new earth, and he's going to be there. And the greatest thing is God will be there with us. We will see him face to face. We'll know him. We'll learn about him. We will be in communion with him. Instead of just having a glimpse or a taste to think about God, we will be there with God. It will be amazing. And I'll tell you this, as we go into this series, grab this thought. Again, we'll look at what is heaven about. What is it going to look like? How are we going to be? This is the key thing. God will be there. God will be there. God will be there. That's going to make it heaven for us, that God will be there, that we'll be in relationship with God. It's about being with God. I was asked the other day, I was asked, somebody said, where's your favorite place to travel? I travel a lot. And they said, Where's your favorite place to travel? And I thought about it for a second. I was about ready to say a city. And then I said, wherever I'm going with my family, that's my favorite place to travel. And I think about that with heaven. What's the best thing about heaven? We're going to be there with our Lord and Savior. We're going to be there with God. We're going to be there with the other believers that are there with us in the eternity forever and ever and saying, God, the best thing about this is you're there. And where you are, I want to be there. I want to be there. So, Lord, we just pray right now here at all of our campuses. We pray that we would focus on heaven more. We'd focus on heaven more. Your word says we'll see you face to face. Your word says you'll wipe away every tear from our eyes. Your word says that uh, you're going to dwell amongst us. Your word says it's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. And we're to be able to dwell in this holy city with you. 
And we thank God that we don't have to take this from somebody that comes from some remote town and said they went there and, and said, uh, I saw it, I saw it. Everybody's got to believe me. We're, we can believe this from the one that created it, from the one that was sent from there, from the one that is there now. And we can believe this because it's true. We thank you, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Lord Jesus. We thank you for this. We thank you for your truth. And I pray that all of us would make it our life's goal to say, God, we want to be with you in heaven. We want to be with you in heaven. Heaven is where you are, and we want to be there. So God, help us to position our life so that we could be there with you in heaven. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.